everything I'm doing is Project X. I'm practicing on myself. So when I come tell you that this shit gonna work, I'm telling you this shit gonna work. This is the form. You just have to be interesting. Somebody has to really be drawn in to you on social media and then they care about the music. That's backwards as mm. fuck. But. You just need to put in more work so that people approach you to be a part of your shit. Yo, what's good? Welcome back to another episode of the Producer Grind Podcast. Alan Carrington with me as always. What's going down, bro? I'm fucking with that shirt, bro. Oh shit, appreciate it. Yeah. Macy's. So imaginary player shit. Yeah. <laughs> Macy's. Macy's, bro. <laughs> claim it, bro. I claim it. But uh listen, man, we got a dope guest on the schedule today. This man has set the visual standard and shot for Young Dolphin PRE, Key Glock, Kodak Black, Kevin Gates, Lil Uzi Burt, A Boogie with the Hoodie, PNB Rock, Migos, Offset, Gucci Man, Fetty Wap, Post Malone, Flatbush Zombies, Lil Dicky, Snoop Dogg, YG, Chance the Rapper, and YFN Lucci. Please welcome to the show, Shot by Spencer. Hey, how you feeling today, bro? Yeah, yeah. You know, screw up a little bit, just like your mic. Feeling great. Yeah. So for anyone that um that doesn't know, mic up a little bit, bro. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, yeah, for so anyone that doesn't know or are familiar with your work, you want to give them a little background of who you are, how you got to your success, the right. events that led to it. All right. All right. So I'm Spencer. I go by Shot by Spencer. Uh, I've been going by that name for about three years. Uh, I started West Palm Beach. Uh, I used to skateboard. So I used to just use a VHS or high def VHS and just like film my friends, everything like that. I had a film camera, took photos, just more on like a hobby level. Mm -hmm. Uh, My dad and my grandpa, uh, both photographers. So they kind of got me into it. So it got me started. I would play around with their cameras. My grandpa shot weddings. My dad shot nature. Oh, so, okay. Mm, that's dope. So it's yeah. like in your blood to be a photographer. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, because that led me to the next question is like, how did you choose to get into photography or like just mm-hmm. about your journey into photography, really? Like, yeah. was it just like you felt wanted to follow in your parents' foot or your, your dad and your grandpa's footsteps or did you just decide like, oh Really? They didn't like push it on me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't like, they were actually like more, my dad really pushed me more like into just following, like going to like something more steady. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like iffy, but yeah, so um they just always cameras were around so like i kind of just adapted to that and like took photos wasn't really serious about it really wasn't serious about it until i got to college mm. um i first went for fire emt mm. I you grad- went to college for fire EMT? yeah That's i was i wasn't even like taking photos like too much i just had That's like crazy. had like a camera around but i went to fire emt and i just ended up changing my mind like right after i graduated before like i was looking like started looking for the job and was like this really isn't for me. Mm. Like, it's not where my head's at. So, so you mean like fire EMT, like a firefighter? Mm-hmm. Paramedic. First responder. Mm. Talk yeah. about a switch up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Talk about a switch. But um, what made you like in college want to go ahead and start doing photography? Like why not um, become a rapper? Or why not produce? Like what brought you to or what pulled you to photography? Really, it was just like the art form. Like I was just something that I really enjoyed. Like I always just did it on my free time. Like mm. West Palm Beach, they have a cool downtown scene. So I was always going out, taking photos like the urban aspect, like city stuff, like mm. photos of my friends. Um, I really wasn't interested in like the, like after like the fire and stuff, like I enjoyed it, but like, I really wasn't like, that's not what I wanted to do for the rest of my career. Like, like not for me. Like, it's super that's like depressing of, seeing people hurt and like just the stress and like people getting like, just seeing all that, like is damaging, I think to your mind. So it was just something that I really wasn't interested in. So I was like, I got to figure out something to do. I was already comfortable with photography. So I was like, I'm not going to go to school for this. Like it'd be a waste of my time. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go to something that I can land a job right out of college and then transition my work into that. So the, really the only art that I wanted to take was like graphic design. And that's like, that's real, like essential for photography. though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you end up getting a, um, a job out of college and doing graphic design? Um, no, funny story. I dropped out like a week before my final to go on tour with Gates. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. So I just have to finish up a math class and then I get my degree for that. Are you going to do it? Yeah, of course. I worked way too hard on those two years. hours not to get that. Where'd you go to school? Uh, Santa Fe. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, Gainesville, Florida. So, you know, when you decided like you're going to go full time videography and stuff like that, how did um, like what were those first couple steps to getting, you know, client stuff? Like what what does it take for, you know, videographers to, you know, pull in business? Really? Like. It was just like a, a learning process. Uh, nobody really like helped me out or guided me. Um, YouTube was my best friend. So I just went on. I watched a bunch of tutorials, everything like that. Um, as far as the business, I kind of learned business aspect and like graphic design, but really just like took myself getting out there, like getting to know my work, like 
finding out what to charge, like networking, everything like that. But it was a huge process. Like I left West Palm and I came to Gainesville, Florida to go to college, but I didn't even know I was going to like officially go. Like I just wanted to get out of West Palm. So I went up, I lived on my brother's couch for like six months Mm. until I could get like on my feet up there. I quit my job. I was working for AT&T at the time. Mm. And I just moved up there. And like, once I got there, I started looking at the community college and seeing like what opportunities that they had in the RSS whenever I figured out that I wanted to do graphic design and everything like that. So just started going through that, going through the process. I wasn't even doing video mm-hmm. at all. It's funny how I started doing video. Like, How did, how did like, you uh, lead into a video? I, I was doing photo and graphic design, okay. right? I was interested in video, but I didn't have the gear to do it. Mm-hmm. And this artist from Gainesville, his name's Lil Poe, he hit me on Instagram and was mm-hmm. like, can you film a music video? I was on rent at the time. I was like, yes. So I went out there, I shot a video. I came home, I downloaded Premiere. I watched YouTube tutorials on how to edit the video. Mm-hmm. And then I put, like, we put that out. That's real learning yeah, as you go. Right. <laughs> and then since then, like, a lot of people, like, started hitting me up, like, asking me for video. So I was like, okay, like, this is, like, obviously, like, the right time, like, so I just started like learning quickly. And, what like, kind of camera were you shooting? At? Um, right then it was a Nikon D thirty one hundred. Oh, okay, it's like entry level basic DSLR. Gotcha. So when you, lens. when you did decide to go into videography, like, did you ever like come across like you know big artists? And did you are you the type of person that goes up and you know tries to network and yo I shoot videos and stuff like that? Right. Um. Yeah. Definitely. In uh, Gainesville, there was two clubs at the time, so. I figured like they always had artists coming in because they have the college crowd and everything like that. So they're always like have a lot of entertainment in the city. Mm-hmm. So um, after I shot that video, uh, I also had some friends, part of a group, LNEM, Late Night, Early Mornings. That was who like I really started working with. Mm. Uh, Nick Swain, Jay, Dylan, Cosby, like all of them. So they were rapping. I was filming videos for them and like doing like vlog type stuff and just like learning with them. And then I also was just shooting nature stuff in Gainesville. Like they have alligators, like beautiful nature, like trails and stuff. So I was really undecided. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. And then I started going to the clubs, networking. Um, I found a, like an opportunity on Craigslist to shoot like $50 a show. So I just went and I took that and I started like meeting with people, like mm. networking like that. And that was just my, like my entry to the club. Like once I got in there, I knew what content I had to get them. But my goal was to meet an artist, meet their managers, meet their teams, meet their DJs, network with them because I knew like I knew my whole purpose. Like I wasn't just going to the club trying to shoot. Like I knew like as soon as I started doing that, like my goal was to like work with bigger artists and like this is my way to meet them pretty much Definitely like, on a professional what made you level. Wanna, what made you want to go like after artists or like what drew you to the music industry? You feel like? I always liked like I always watched music videos. Yeah. Like I've been watching like BET jams, like MTV, like videos. Like I've always been a fan of hip hop. I've always watched the music videos coming up. Like, so <clears throat> once I started doing video and like photo and I started like shooting clubs, like I realized like this is like an opportunity. Like it just, it didn't, it wasn't like realistic, like to think until it started happening. And I was like, okay, this is like, this can really happen. So now I have to like go really hard for this. So, so did you know like video? So you said that you were talking about your passion. Did you know that videography at that time, did you know that you, that's what you wanted to do? Like, take photos of artists that's it i knew like photo wise i knew that i wanted to like at least like start taking because like i was following like some people at the time like mm-hmm. joe spike like i watched his videos uh jared Pullen, i would watch him on youtube like cam kirk i was like a huge fan of his photography so like there's like a lot of inspirations like okay like that's dope like i would want to do what they're doing mm-hmm. so like i would just once i started shooting the shows and stuff like okay i was like all right so how can i start like photographing these artists outside of the shows because mm. really anybody can go shoot a show or yeah. a concert with a camera like mm. there's a way like how long did you work at at&t two years <clears throat> so you were used to getting a check like i was making good decent money so the then ups you, and downs though like i was in i've been in food industry like i worked so many jobs like yeah. so you quit at&t what's the time like before you're really you know what i'm saying really able to you know pay your bills or was there not a big gap where you're really able to make the transition easy. Um, while I was in Gainesville going to college, I'm not going to lie, I was like really struggling. Like whenever I moved to Gainesville, um, the AT&T that I was working at was a, it wasn't corporate. It was mm-hmm. like an authorized retailer. Oh, okay. So I tried to transfer to AT&T in Gainesville and I couldn't get a job. <clears throat> so I started working at Tijuana Flats. Like I was doing prep. Okay. Like I was cutting like 
vegetables like every morning at <laughs> 6 30 in the morning like it wasn't yeah it was like a struggle but it was really only until like i started like getting into the club shooting the shows there were no like really like there's a lot of artists in gainesville like up and coming like trying to make it so it was always like work and there weren't too many photographers and videographers in the city that were like doing stuff so it was like as soon as i started doing that and like even making like a small local name for myself, it was like I was getting hit up. So like I was staying busy. Mm. I ended up quitting Tijuana. I was going to college. I was doing videos. And then during college, we had to get an internship. So I did the internship for a medical company and I ended up getting a job after that for a real estate company. So I was just doing like graphic design, like on and off, really just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do. For the medical company, real estate <clears throat> company, were you doing graphic design or something? Yeah, graphic design full time. Okay, yeah. yeah no photography really medical company I worked for for a year and then they had a conference in Boston and I did some photography then that was like really the first time that I ever traveled outside of like Florida too much Mm -hmm. like I never really so like for music producers like we always hear like music producers want to move to Atlanta because like this is where the scene is popping but it sounds like starting it worked in your favor worked in your advantage to be like the only videographer in Florida would you recommend that the videographers that well, get on in, really in Gainesville. There's there's a bunch in of Gainesville. Florida. Yeah, there's well, like, still like some. I guess what I'm asking is just like, is it really? Is it more? I know there's more opportunity when you came to Atlanta, but it's not like necessary to just move. No, right? no, no, definitely not necessary. So if someone's like, in like another state, like in Iowa or something, they want to do what you're doing. Like, Iowa, you're in Iowa, yeah. Iowa then yeah. you might need to move to Atlanta. Oh, okay. <laughs> We'd be going to like, Iowa. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, but like it, it really just depends on your area. You know, like you don't have to necessarily move somewhere. Like I would say move somewhere whenever business is already bringing you there, like to mm. like to a certain extent, like mm. you can grind and like really make stuff happen for you like if you're like in different cities like houston dallas like, like and i guess austin, different cities have different things to offer too like yeah, you're not yeah be... there's always gonna be like if if i'm just talking music wise yeah like, yeah if you're yeah. just like with artists and stuff like that like you don't have to just necessarily move to la or atlanta like mm. to make stuff happen for yourself like you can like it's a good decision there's a lot of work out here it just depends on how hard you want to go and like how much you want to network and everything like that mm-hmm. but that pulls us a little ahead because i wanted to look at you were telling us about how your um your grandfather and your father did like weddings and stuff like that yeah. we we're gonna kind of ask like okay you you're able to, to flex the skill set in other industries right so mm-hmm. um do you do any other events or anything outside the hip-hop culture weddings anything like that if the money um, is right, be some yeah. If the money, if the money, if the money's right, um, I shot Kevin Gates' wedding. So oh, that's how I got in. Like, like I, that was the first uh, official job that I like worked for him. So, what was it like when you had you went from like uh, taking pictures in concerts? I heard somewhere that you were like sneaking into clubs to just take yeah, photos. Yeah. And then what was it like when you got when Kevin Gates reached out to you? What was that moment? Like? Um. Well, actually, the first show of Gates, I snuck in. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I snuck in the show and I took the photos. And then afterwards, I edited them that like right after the show. I went home, edited the photos. So I would get them out first and I DM'd them to him on Instagram. Oh, okay. He, that, he saw the photos. He started mm-hmm. following me. He reposted on me, tagged my account. Okay, because mm-hmm. I was going to wonder, we were, we were asking like, how does an artist, they can hand out CDs, but how does right. a photographer, you know, be like, yo, here's a photo. How did you go about doing that? Really? Well, it's like, you got to think. Every artist... Every DJ, everybody wants content. So, and if you have good content, they're going to appreciate it. It's just about going in the right way. Like at that time, I was still learning. So like that was my method. It's just like, okay, how can I get a hold of them? DM on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much like the quickest way to do it. I didn't even have Twitter. I really don't even still have Twitter, but I just DM'd it to him on Instagram. Um, The second time he came back to Gainesville, like seven months later, I had messaged him. I don't think he saw it though. But whenever I got there, I met his photographer at the time, which was Ron. Ron's his DJ now. <clears throat> so Ron was shooting and me and him just started chopping up, talking about lens, lighting, everything like that, and got the contact. And then just like they left, they they posted the photos and stuff like that. And then uh Burden, which is an artist out of Florida, he had a feature with Gates like eight months later. Like and I went to the studio with them and that's uh, like right before I left Gainesville, like I went to the studio with them. I met Gates there. He told me he was going to hit me up. Like a month later, I got like hit up to do the wedding photo shoot. Did you him. end up going on tour with them? Yeah. I, so I went, I did the wedding. And then once I did the wedding, they offered me like the tour position, everything like that. So I started going on the tour with them. Mm. 
everything. So. What's that like? Like the whole tour life, like being yeah. a photographer on <laughs> tour life. Yeah, it was crazy. It was it was definitely like something new to me. Like mm. I like I said, like I hadn't really like traveled too much, like outside the city. So just going to all the different places, all the different venues, radio interviews, just. Is a great experience. He, he, Kevin Gates seems like he has a certain kind of energy, like a positivity, like a certain self-assuredness, right? Definitely. Yeah, do you find really yourself like as as an artist yourself? Do do artist personality rub off on you, or do you does that influence your art or kind of the way you might um, approach a situation? Um, I would say, I would say, yeah, it definitely rubs on off on you. So if you're around a positive artist who's like very positive and uplifting and everything like that motivating it's definitely gonna motivate you to go harder um i've never really worked with a negative artist but i can <laughs> imagine i just working with a negative artist or somebody that's down or however has certain like issues and stuff i'm sure it'd affect your work negatively um but, i had just saw a clip because here's what like content is important um mm -hmm. for so many reasons but if you're doing it the right way, it really touches people. There's been something I've been using personally that he said, and I'm wondering if you shot the piece. Mm -hmm. um, there was a vlog where he was like, yo, before you can move on to the next level of your life, you got to let go of everything from your old life. And that's mm -hmm. really been touching me. Did you did you shoot that piece? Which, which one? Is it that? was like it was titled as like the first vlog he's done since he got out. Since he got out? No, I didn't. Uh, okay. My buddy Nikki Films did that. Okay, that's, who's, okay. that's who's been running with him right now. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely a dope piece. Yeah. But, yo, he's, but yeah, I saw that and I really like that's true. I really yeah. believe in that. He's very inspirational. So yeah. I, I want to get to, so our homie on the video team, Samo, man, was out at uh, the video shoot the other night with, uh, you did it with uh, Dolph Offset and Key Glock, and he told us a story about a stripper who fell off the pole and busted her head. Can you please elaborate on that situation? All right, yeah. So that was like, <laughs> that was like on our, like one of our first takes outside. Um, but she's a soldier, though. She kept going. Like, we didn't even, like, like she paused for like two seconds and like just kept dancing. So like she kept going because it went yeah. viral too. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Plus, it's not like it's not. She didn't hit her head and just knock out, and that was in like two seconds after that video ended. Like she kept dancing, bounced up, yeah, like but she, she did hit her head. She though. did, yeah, yeah, yeah bro. That you can hear that, that shit in the video. Was a clunk. <laughs> yeah, you hear it. It was like metal plate on the bottom yeah. too. I was like, everything stopped for a second. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Artists look back. I was like, damn, she all right? <laughs> yeah, they checked on her. She was straight, and then we, yeah. All right, that brings us to Overrated Underrated on the Producer Brian Podcast with Shot by Spencer. Overrated Underrated, where we present five topics to you, um, our okay. guests. We simply give you the topics. You answer whether you think it's overrated or underrated. If we think it merits further discussion, we'll ask you to explain. So are you ready to play Overrated Underrated on the Producer Grind Podcast, Shot by Spencer? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> overrated Underrated film cameras. Right now, I would... Uh... I appreciate them but right now it's overrated just because everybody thinks that they have to shoot film to be in. I don't know if you love it and you're passionate about it and you really want to shoot film, then go ahead and start shooting film. Like give me a pro. And don't give me do a it. Con. Don't do it. Don't, don't just start shooting film because you see some of your favorite photographers do it on Instagram. Just like, Oh, I got to shoot that to do in. Like it's best to stay true to yourself and like, if you're in the beginning phase and you're trying to find your style, that's cool. But if you already have like a name for yourself and like trying to switch, I don't know. It's right. I like, I love film. That's how I got started. I appreciate it. Um, I'm definitely like, I still like bring disposable cameras with me, like on tour just to get candids. Like um, I still have my film cameras. I'm, I bring them with me on tour. I don't necessarily post all the photos. They might just be for my memories, but mm. you know, it just depends. Like, what are the big advantages of shooting it? Why do people choose to shoot in film still? Film really is like for like, like we grew up in a digital age, obviously. So it's like being like a digital photographer. It's like, I'm not going to say it's like super easy, but it's definitely not as like hard as shooting film. With film, you really have to understand the, like the basics all the way to advanced photography. Like you have to really be comfortable with your settings. There's no check in the picture. You have to compose the image, right? It's only one take. So it's like really like a true moment snatched in time. Like, like whenever I'm taking photos, like everywhere, like I'm taking burst photos. So there's like 20 moments, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you get that moment or you don't, it's more. Mm -hmm. And you, you're blessed. Like whenever you print, like you have a product in hand. True. So you like, really everything. took that. Like it's easy. Like I have thousands of photos in my phone. I barely post any of them. I just post like what I want or the best. So like I have so many photos that go, unnoticed unseen and they're just on hard drives so if you're like your printing is often and everything like that it's better you just have your work in hand you can appreciate it more 
Definitely. You feel like you said you started off on film, right? Mm-hmm. You feel like that um, helped you. This helping you now, like just yeah. like you said with the founder fundamentals. Yeah, I understood photography when I went into digital. I wasn't like trying <coughs> to learn everything on digital. So mm-hmm. overrated, underrated on the producer grind podcast with shot by Spencer. Overrated, underrated, red cam, red cam, underrated. That thing's a beast. Talk about it. Yeah. Um. Really, lately, just on the past, like three or four projects we've been using the red a lot. So like I've really seen like the notice in quality. Um, we've used black magics before on sets. I've seen never really like an Ari. Like, I'm a fan of Sony. Um, Sony makes I just, Ari? I, the quality is great with the red. You, you said like, Sony makes Ari? No. Uh-oh. I mean, I don't it's Ari. I just don't use them. Is, is there one particular feature or quality about that red that stands out or is it just overall? really just everything that you can do with it like just having the 8k is just a lot of footage like you can keyframe like you have a lot of like you have a lot of footage like to deal with so like it's just it helps having the extra resolution um the lenses like if you use the right lenses on it like you can really make a red like look amazing overrated underrated on the producer grind podcast overrated underrated was shot by spencer overrated underrated I'll say it one more time. Photography classes. Photography classes. Um, I would say it's underrated. Um, I think that they are necessary, like for sure. Like whether whether how you get, I'm not saying that you need to go to a school for it, but I think that you should watch some type of tutorial and like learn right, like to an extent. Like it's definitely like to learn like the three like ISO shutter speed aperture, like at least learn your camera and like why you're making these decisions to shoot and like learn how to get it right in the camera instead of trying to do like work overwork yourself in the edit. So some sort of photography classes. Definitely. Shouts out to Samo Cause he always likes to make sure I, he hammers that into my head. He taught me, <laughs> he taught me one time and I kept asking me, don't ask me no more. L. Overrated, underrated behind the scenes videographers. overrated because sometimes like it just depends like i would say like behind the scenes there's two there's two different types there's ones that are trying to learn and there's ones that you pay to have so i would say it's definitely like overrated for people that are just trying to get on set just to like take photos and run with it and do what they want to do with their photos I'd say like, okay. Um, if I'm somebody out there that is trying to learn and right. does want to take that next step, like talk to me about protocol. Yeah. Like the etiquette. Yeah. yeah like how do, about- how do I get on set? Who do I need to talk to? What do I do once I get on set? How do you not be lame on right. set? Right. What do I do with the footage and pictures <laughs> when I get off set? All of that. Really? Really? Set. Um, yeah. <laughs> really, really? It just, um, Protocol is really just just be professional as possible. Like if you have a contact on set, that contact is obviously there for a reason. So they're going to let you know what you can and can't do like with your content. Like so just don't don't get just pretty much just be a fly on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like just stay out of the way. Stay quiet. Work. If you're there to work, work. Like, don't just be like there to just. If if you're a photographer and you're taking more photos on your phone than your camera, there's obviously you're there for the wrong reasons. Mm. So, it's just be there to work, and you're obviously there to learn. So, go ahead and find somebody on set that is possibly better than you, and introduce yourself and tell them the reason that you're there, like your purpose, and most likely they're going to respect it and they're going to want to help you out. I don't know. I like helping people out. So. Somebody came up to me on set and was like, hey, I, I came here. He brought me here. I'm shooting. Like, like obviously, like, I'm going to give this person an opportunity. I'm going to say, okay, go ahead and get these portraits. Like, we need this stuff. So it's like the content's appreciated. It's just going about it the right way. Also, do you yourself do any tutorials or do you teach any type of class? Um, I've mentored. Like, I'm mentoring a few people right now just that talk to me on a daily basis. And, like, I kind of just give them advice and everything like that. Um, I'm in the process of building my office excuse me building my office at home so i can go ahead and start filming my own tutorials 
I started doing vlogs, beefing up the YouTube. Um, really just want to start doing more like personal, like day in the life type stuff behind the scenes, different. Like there's a lot of tutorials out there. I believe that like, I'm never going to do like a tutorial that you can just go on YouTube and find. Like, I'm not going to just go just cause a lot of people ask me a lot of the questions, like, what are your camera settings and stuff like that? Like, Google it. Like, right. go on YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. my camera settings are going to be no other than anybody else that's professional because they're just like, once your exposure set, that's the right way. Like, your style comes with the editing. So it's not like I'm shooting my settings at some different crazy settings. Out Like, it's just, it is what it is. It's just about capturing a shot, composition, and editing. So I saw that you were, um, you went up to, like, a cabin. You were thinking about having, like, some sort of, like, retreat with yeah. like photographers, is that still something that you were yeah, looking into? Yeah, I would love into? to do that. I'm not sure if I want to do it at a cabin. There's like <laughs> a bunch of places. Like cabin would be cool. I wouldn't necessarily do it. Uh, I would like go more north, like up into the mountain. Like if I did it in a cabin, like I would do it in, I would do it in Aspen again. Like I stayed in Aspen with my girlfriend. Like we had a great time up there. So I would definitely do it up there. It's more more to shoot. There's not too much in North Georgia. It's just. Does um does you, I see your girlfriend's like on set with she's your girlfriend though mm-hmm. she's on set with you a lot does yeah. she like work in hand with you guys or with you mm-hmm. or she your assistant or how does that work out on set yeah she's my personal assistant oh so stuff how's yeah. that yeah so it's great it's great she like she knows me she knows like what I need like like what like she she's into photography like I've been teaching her so she takes behind the scenes photos and stuff like that so, so it's definitely a necessity having her on set. So just to put a wrap on overrated, underrated oh, on the snap. producer grind podcast was shot by Spencer. Lastly, we have industry beef. Do photographers even have industry beef? I would say so. Yeah. Like certain, All right. Talk about extent, it. I try to stay out. out of it. Yeah. Like I, I've <laughs> never really had like a, a beef with another photographer, but like I can see why people do. Um, definitely. If like you, you take a photo and somebody posts it like saying it's theirs, like, Definitely. What are some other things like people do that is just like foul? Um, Really? (laughs) I'm just just, curious. I don't really even know. Sometimes like I'm not necessarily speaking from stuff that happens to me. Like Mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of photographers. So like I'm just going to go ahead and share like certain things that people do. Like so one, if a photographer goes on your set and eventually tries to cut around you and go work with the client, just Mm -hmm. like using you to get on set to like work with them. Like, no, like that's not how stuff works. And most of the time that photographer and that artist are close. So that artist can be like, yo, your boy hit me up. So it's just mm. like, it's simple like that. Right. Um, I would say if they steal your work, <clears throat> if they steal your work, um, if they try to pass it off as theirs, if they try to put it in their portfolio, uh, Dang, if they try to bold, copy, savage. if they try to copy a certain style, um, there's a person here in Atlanta. I'm not even going to name names, but there's a person here in Atlanta that recently has developed like, a really cool style of photography, like a certain like look. And I've already seen his images been bit by like a few other people. So that's really lame. Like don't see what somebody is. Yeah. Like these really dope portraits of like people. And I've already seen people bite his work and that's lame. So like give credit where it's due. Like yeah. if you're now, if you for personally, like if you like that look and you are like, okay, I want to do something similar like, go ahead and make it your own. Like, don't do exactly what, like, he's doing, like, or that photographer is doing. Like, take, like, there's a difference. Like, you can take, you can be inspired, but you don't have to be a copycat. Now, do you, like, watermark your photos, or how do you, like, protect yourself? <laughs> that's a that's a huge, okay, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. I'm, I'm done watermarking my photos, like, as of this week. Like, the shot by Spencer in yeah, the bottom? Yeah, so? like, I'm not, I'm not. The past two times I've exported photos on my Lightroom are the first two times that I haven't put watermarks on my photos. Um, I think that it is necessary whenever you're starting uh, to an extent, if it's small, if it's subtle, if it's in the corner, like the bottom lower corner, the bottom middle, that's fine. I'm not a fan of watermarks that go directly on the image. Like it looks spammy. It looks cheesy. It looks horrible. Like most of the time, like you're ruining the image. Like Mm -hmm. there's no need to have your watermark big right there. Like, and most people really don't care. Like you're only putting like that, that watermarks there for like, if the photo goes viral, like, for instance, like you take a photo of Gucci Mane, like he's most likely not going to tag you, but you want your watermark. So people know that you did that work. But the only people that are going to know are like really other photographers. So yeah, you're only yeah. putting that watermark there. So other people in your industry, like in your lane, know because the everyday person that's scrolling past the photo, they're not going to be like, 
oh, okay, like like shot by yeah, Spencer, yeah, right? shot by Spencer. I feel like they don't even know me, so like it doesn't even matter to them. You think so, it'll like help your exposure? Like, let's say you took a picture of Gucci and then you didn't have your watermark on it, and it got reposted, and like, and it went like so. Yeah. Okay, for instance, like if if I take a viral photo, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure my watermark's there. But how do you know if it's but, a viral photo? Because one, like for instance, like if I'm working with an artist, like for instance, like I've been working with off, like I don't feel in this like a need to watermark his photos mm-hmm. anymore. Especially like the ones that I send him. I, I don't know. I just it's just a the thing that I've been thinking thing. about for myself. Like I find myself cropping my watermark out of photos sometimes because I don't like it. So like I'm done. Like I don't need it. Like I feel like I've developed my style. I feel like if you look at a photo, like you can tell like if I took it. Yeah. Especially like whether it's the style that it's edited or if it's the artist that I'm shooting or working with or like working directly with. I'm just, I don't know. Landscape photos. I don't like watermarking landscape photos. I don't see a purpose of it. Like nature photos, city photos. <laughs> model photos. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just looks kind of like cheesy to a point. Mm. Like I'm, I'm done watermarking. This is like a decision that I made with myself this past week. Very cool. Yeah. Videos, yeah, that's necessary. How do you watermark a video, or like, what's your? Just I mean, in the intro? I just like I have my logo, so like I'll just put my logo in the intro or the outro of the video. Like, have you ever had people directed like, by? Have you ever had people like chop parts of your video out and then not give you credit for it, and they'll repost it? Yeah. How do you deal yeah. with them situations? Um, that was just really just. I'm gonna go ahead and just give this tip out. Like that was just me, just not like. Don't put your logo last or first. You'll never have that problem. So, so wait, wait, what? Don't so put like it at the beginning most, or the end. If you have like multiple logos that you have to put on a video or credits or anything, just mm-hmm. make sure your logo is not last or first. Mm-hmm. So put like put in the, the label letter. logo first, and then mm-hmm. put yours after and then the video. They can't cut that out. Mm-hmm. And if they do, then like they're gonna help. Yeah. yeah. So just that's jewels right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's something yeah. weird. Just we don't put yours here. last or first. You won't have that problem. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, most of the time, people that are working that you're working with, if you're working with somebody, like most of the time, like they're going to want you to put your logo there. Like they want you to receive credit. Like a lot of work goes into this, a lot of hours, like a lot of like time. So it's like, even if you're getting paid for it, like getting credit for it and like everything that's necessary. Like if you go to the movies, like they got you credits. see credits for yeah. people all the way down from the director to the snack person. <laughs> they're all runners. They're all labeled. Everything. Yeah. So how does it receive credit? Or did you have a question? Oh, no, go ahead, bro. I was wondering, how does it work when you get like contracted out for like a major label or like how do you get put on projects? How does that business side really go down? Really? Like I'm like, I've never worked with labels. Like mm-hmm. the two main artists that I've worked with full time are both independent. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so it's really they call the shots. They don't deal with labels. They don't deal with those. Um, I've from what I've seen, like, I think there's a lot of label favoritism in this industry. Um, I think they choose like a lot of favoritism, even over talent sometimes. So. I've seen people miss opportunities that, yeah. So it's just like, there's people that work for a label. So they might just go with those people all the time. Like that's their people, like give other people opportunities, but I don't know. I've just myself, like I've just worked with independent artists. So it's just really, you know, what is it like who they want to work with. What is it like working with Dolphin? Like the whole culture of paper route? Like, what is that like? It's dope. It's definitely a great opportunity. Like I enjoy it. Like yeah. it's a really good opportunity. Um, Definitely. Like I've gotten a lot, like even more experience, just like, being within the past year, just like directing videos, like traveling, trusting my vision. There's artists on the label, Glock, Fizzle, Bino. So mm-hmm. like I've worked not only with Doff, like I've done all the Glock videos <laughs> except for like one or no two. I've done all of his music videos. Like so when you first started off, was there like any adjustments that you guys had to get used to each other? Or like did they were they real helpful of been like, yo, let me I want to shot this way or like, you know what I mean? Um, it, it was the trans. I mean, the transition like into working with them from like freelancing at the time. Um, it, it was like really, really smooth. Like they're really cool artists to work with. Um, they're very creative. Like Dolph, he's his own director. Like he's creative <laughs> as fuck. So it's like he shot so many videos. So like he knows what looks, what angles he likes. He knows what he doesn't like. So like working with him on set, it's like a really easy. It's definitely an easy like client to work with. Um because he knows what he wants so he just like tells you what he wants like how he wants it and just execute his vision so it's like does he come up and watch footage and be like now to do that again is he real hands-on yeah yeah yeah, he's yeah he's super hands-on was it like working with an artist that's not that doesn't know what they want or it's just like easier or harder i mean i've worked with the artists that know exactly what they want artists that don't know what they want um artists that don't know what they want they're a lot pickier because they might necessarily not know what they want but it's like they don't know what they want. Like you're giving them like, it just really depends. It's like something like if you don't know what you want and then you're given a body of work, 
there's like two ways you're going to take it. You're going to like really appreciate it. Like, that's cool. Like I appreciate the direction or you're just going to like be picky. So like I found out that people like one that don't know what they want, like to an extent, like there's a difference. Like if they don't know what they want and they're undecided, then that's a problem client to work with. Avoid those. If they don't know what they want, but they're hiring you and they trust the vision, Mm -hmm. then you want to work with those people because those are people are going to let you flex your direction the most and your creativity. Like they're like, okay, well, here's the song. I don't know what I want, but I like your vision. Just go crazy with it. Mm -hmm. That's a director's dream Mm -hmm. because now you have this client, you have a dope track, dope song or whatever project to work on and all of it gets to be you. So like, just depends. And you typically write out like full treatments and stuff like that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I write out full treatments, everything like that. So that definitely brings us to the next question, right? So, you know, um, w- with entrepreneurs, you know, we're always having these conversations in our own heads with other entrepreneurs, people who know the business. Like, how do I set my prices? Mm-hmm. When do I know if it's time to raise my prices? What advice can you give on that? Um, okay, so it's obviously... Nobody knows like really like what you're pro- like, you know, like what range, but it's just something that all of us struggle with because it depends. It, there's a lot of different factors. Like there's a few things I want to talk about. Like one, don't underprice yourself. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. Like if you know you have good work, don't just have low prices so you can keep getting jobs because most likely you're not going to get jobs. What's a low price? Like I like. Two, it depends. Yeah. Like, like, Anywhere between the low, the low end on like videos, I would say is like anywhere between like 50 all the way to a thousand. Like that's like low. $50 dollars to like a thousand. But what I'm saying is, is like, if you have good work, don't undercut yourself because most of the time, if you have good work, like there's people out there just bargain people, like bargain artists, they're just trying to find the cheapest person. And that's cool. But then there's also people that are waiting for the right person. So if you have good work and you're undercutting yourself, you might miss out on good jobs because you have that person that wants to pay two to three grand. Right. And they might like your work, but they see that you're doing it for 200. They necessarily like they want to pay for the quality. Mm. They don't want to just give you 200, you know. So like if you just 300, like whatever, it's just. So you're saying it's almost a way for the artists to separate themselves from the pack, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, for instance, like in Atlanta, like there's there's artists out here that are like really cheap and that are like just whatever working day jobs and like, just like paying off their paycheck. Like they can't afford the big videos and stuff like that. So there's some serious artists out here that are really cheap that I feel like go like, like they don't get their shine. And then also feel like there's people out there that are just cheap, like trying to go cheap. But then there's also artists out here that are really like making stuff happen for themselves and they have a lot of money or they have a person behind them willing to spend money. So it's like there's different levels and I think that you should charge for where you think your level is. Like go online, look like, you know, if like if you have some of the best work, you shouldn't be charging cheap. And if you have like really low work, you should be trying to like tax people. Now, that made me, makes me think, though. So how do you find that balance as especially like a, a videographer from like a small city? You know, what I mean, like I'm from Rochester where like the average video is like one fifty, two hundred dollars. Right. Know what I mean, and there's no one that's really willing to pay more than that. So how do you find that balance? Like. Because there's a lot of videographers and photographers out here that really need that extra income. And shoot, if I can go make an extra $200 Saturday, you know, for four hours and, you know, a couple hours of editing, you know, how do you find that? Balance? Right. Um, I would say whatever you feel happy with. Like if like, for instance, like if you want to go out and shoot a video for like $500 and you feel like you deserve like that money and like you feel like you weren't cheated or like you've overworked, then I would say that's fine. But really, like. It comes into a lot of things like like knowing your talent is like most important. So like you should be able to like look online and like see what the top people are doing, the top tier people, medium tier. Like you should be able to place yourself and know kind of like what level you're on. Right. And then just go from there. Like it depends on the artist. It depends on the vision. Like don't be afraid to do free work because you might go and do a free video for artists that might not have a budget, but they have a good song. Mm-hmm. And you might go kill that free video. And like, if you're doing a free video, it better be your full like treatment and direction. That's one thing. Like, don't do a free video and then have somebody just be like, okay, this, this, yeah, and just yeah, being yeah. super mm-hmm. picky and worky. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just depends. But if you're doing that free work, like really flex on that video. And then that might get you 10 jobs down the road. So it's like, you're still getting paid for that video. It's just, you might've just not got paid that day. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So speaking of levels, right, if I'm a beginner, right, so there's a couple of things I'm thinking about, right? A lot of times people feel like they need the best and most expensive equipment to get their video career started. Um, 
should a beginner drop a big bag? Like, what's a good price point if I'm just getting started? That really goes back into like the budget thing that you're saying. So if if you're already shooting videos and stuff and you feel like you need new gear and like you're not satisfied with what yours one, you probably should be charging more because you're trying to invest in yourself. And two, you definitely need to go get that gear. Like gear's not gonna make you better. That's one thing that I'll tell you right now, because I can go out and still shoot better videos. And a lot of these people out here shooting on brand new Sony's and stuff with like a T5i. I was going to ask if you like, can make a shake like, with a rubber. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's definitely it because there's people out here that are buying all of this nice gear and they're still shooting on auto. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's funny. Like I like I'm, I swear, like I see people shooting in the clubs and stuff and their cameras on auto, but they got a four thousand dollar setup. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. So they just like feel like they have to, you know, like they have to. Is that not just my foot? Oh, keep it's hitting, foot I got big oh, okay. feet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was size thirteen. I keep hitting this button. But, <laughs> yeah, but like really, just like I feel like you, it's it's a tool. So if you're doing good and you're doing a lot of work and you're busy, you need the best tool to do what you're doing. But if you're just trying to learn, like don't go out and buy all that gear, and like definitely don't go and spend it all on a camera. Like get a cheap camera and get a bunch of good lenses. <laughs> What's the Anything. perfect starter camera and starter lens? Perfect starter camera right now, I would say I I I'm not paid by Sony. Like I'm not I'm not like working with them. I, I just push it because like that's what I use right now. Like I like Sony, like Canon, either Canon or Sony, but for like mirrorless, like Sony, Sony's coming right now. I'd say like an A7 mm-hmm. or like my like A6500, A6300 starter camera, A6300 right now. What's that going for right now? No. Like under a thousand, like yeah, under a thousand, right? So like probably like eight hundred or something like that. Like a sixty three hundred, a sixty five hundred. Great starter cameras for Canon, or like a sixty D. I think uh, I don't really use Canon that much, but so we're sitting at a table full of people that all have bought cameras, know a little bit something about cameras. So I just want to ask a question to the table. What did you? What was your first camera? My first camera for film was a Minolta X seven hundred. And for digital, a Nikon D3100. Well, a Nikon power shot, like a low point and shoot. And then a D3100. Shit, I got a little vintage Olympus over there. I just yeah. got that one. Film? Yeah, I just yeah. got it. It was like $35. I was like, shit, why not? <laughs> right. I was like, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely got it. I had a uh, T3i. My mom bought it for me for Christmas way back. I never, right. I used it like twice though. And then I got the 70D. And I had that for a minute. And then, uh, you know, we got the new the new stuff. Though. Great minds think alike. I started with the T3i yeah. and then moved on to the 7 <laughs> I wanted it so bad. I like begged my mom. I was like, mom, please. Yeah. T3i. That T3i was legit, though, because like I used I to all I those. I started at that. I used to <laughs> schools, like video yearbooks and shit. I wore that T3i out. And it was durable because I used to let like kids use it and stuff, too. Mm. Yeah, man. Nikon was annoying for video. I shot two Gates videos on Nikon though. Nobody knows that. Mm. Nikon D fifty two hundred. The two videos that we shot overseas, Mm. Uh, Castle and um, not the only one. Mm. Yeah, the not the only one, and then the Castle. The two ones overseas. Like one was in Germany, one was in Brussels. Yeah, I did. I did his whole first tour without a viewfinder. Damn. Yeah. It broke like two days before the tour. Shit. Nikon. Yeah. Nikon issues. How many cameras do you own? Right now, I have I have three film cameras. Two are working. And then I have uh, my Sony A7S2 and my Sony A7R2. I got two. So that brings us to the um factor on the Producer Grind podcast. Shot by Spencer. This is the Unfactor where you will have 30 seconds to talk about the topic that we give you. You cannot stop for longer than a second. You can't say um or ah. And your topic today is everything you know about shooting a music video. Shot by Spencer. Are you ready? Starting just everything I know about shooting a music video. Everything you know about shooting a music music video from start to finish in 30 seconds. Start to finish? Yeah. All right. Shot by Spencer. You're on the Unfactor. On the Producer Grind podcast, you have 30 seconds. Are you ready? Set. Go. All right. Listen to the song ten times, or even more. Write the treatment. Cast the models. Location scout. Twenty seconds. Get the props. Set the shoot date. Get on set. Set up. Set Let's lighting. See. Shoot the video. Review the footage. Ten. Organize footage. Edit. Export. Review. Push out the final product. Three, two, one. <laughs> 
You had to do like those last three seconds, but that was pretty dope. That was pretty dope. That was perfect, like perfect advice. Like, yeah, that was a that was a good dope. Ran the whole thing down. What? Yeah. Less than thirty seconds. <laughs> which, which, yeah, I I like to, I you said you went over um, overseas with Kevin Gates, right? For the shoot mm-hmm. those videos. What was it like overseas? Like, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was definitely a different experience. Um, people are definitely different over there. I'm yeah. saying more positive way. Yeah, it kind of made you realize like America's got a lot of stuff to work on. <laughs> Did you meet any like videographers or photographers over there, <laughs> or like anybody like in your same field over there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. And was their work like super different or like what'd you learn from their work? Um, I just met like people at the clubs and stuff like that, or, like people that hit me on social media. Um, I feel like it's just totally different. Like what the way they edit or I wouldn't say like the the style or anything. I would just say like what they shoot or like what they're trying to do. Like they're just like I don't know. It just it's totally different. I feel like they're it's just a completely different music. So it's like they might be in the music. I don't know any of the artists that they shoot or anything. Like mm. It's just totally different. So it's like different when they have an American artist come over there and they're trying to shoot like the American artist. Like, I've just really, yeah, it's really different. Like, so it's like a European style music video. Is an American style music video? Oh yeah, yeah. And you can definitely tell. Definitely tell. The difference. Definitely tell. Have you ever shot any other genres of like music videos? Because I know in Europe, like it's big on the like um, electronic music and stuff. Um, no, I've never shot. Uh, I would say that there's like a really like I don't know what the director's name, but there's an artist overseas named Fredo or Fredo, Fredo, and he's like I think he's from London, and he has hip hop videos, and they're like hip hop trap. I've never seen that over there, so it was like cool to see like the American style hip hop video like applied to like a London trap artist. <laughs> it's like that was really cool. I would definitely like to go over there and work with like artists overseas for sure. Definitely. That'd be really cool. Definitely. So have you ever like lost footage like while working on a big project yeah. or like, like had a battery uh, die in the middle of the shoot, all that? Not yeah. press record. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. press record. Oh my gosh. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, all of that early. Um, I had, I was shooting my, like one of my first like shows. Um, I just didn't know what I was doing and I was low on memory cards and I used a micro SD and an adapter in my camera. Yeah. And I went home and it was just, everything was just corrupted. Like, yeah. I couldn't pull anything yeah. off of it. Yeah, so. Was it a paid job or was it? Yeah, it was paid. So, yeah. well, so how'd you pivot? It was supposed to be paid, but. There was no pivot. Pivoted away from that paycheck. Have <laughs> right. you ever had that happen on like. Not hit record. Yeah, that's happened because Sony's record button is possibly in the worst spot ever invented. Not going to lie. Like right there. Like it's like this little like dot like over here by your thumb. It's just annoying. So mm. there's definitely times that I've been recording for like five minutes and not knowing it and then going to shoot like a live shot. Like it, this only happens in concerts because you're running around like crazy. Like on mid video sets and like stuff like that. Like you really like have more idea what's going on, but just running around. Like I've been filming for like five minutes and it's just a bunch of like my feet running everywhere. And then like, <sighs> I think I'll go to shoot the artist and I'll hit record. And it's like, I just cut the recording. Just turn it off. Oh, that's ouch. So, lost footage. Yes. Plenty of times. Um, mostly from police. Mm. Just issues. Police were, will take away. Your yeah. Footage. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they confiscated. They'll like, come after you yeah. specifically. Well, no, I mean like I just had like, we had like, like a videographer, a videographer. Yeah, there's like, yeah. Like police, like Hollywood police have a memory card right now with like a bunch of like dope stuff on it. But that's crazy. Man. Yeah. That's just a traffic stop. I was recording them. Oh, uh, okay. Is that even yeah. legal? What they did? No, they didn't allow to take my gear. Cause know. you're allowed to record, right? I know. Yeah. They, they call they, they tried taking my camera and everything. And then like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty. And bold. I just like that's pretty bold. Yeah, and I just made up a fake law in my head that I thought like I was like under I Constitution them, number yeah, six. Like I was mad. Like I was like I was irate. Like they took my camera and everything, and like I just snapped and I asked to speak to the sergeant, and I was like, "You can't take the device that recorded. You can only take the uh, device like with the recording." <laughs> so if you're gonna confiscate for what's on it, you can only take the memory card. You can't take the camera. And they talked about it and they gave me my camera back. For real, so I want to Yeah, you did sound like a lawyer. Like, First of all, that's dope. Second. Well, let's go to show you the dumbass police don't even know the yeah. damn law. That would have been so extra. They took the whole LA, Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. You know, play, huh? Mm-hmm. So, what's next for you in 2018, bro? Really don't know. I'm just going hard right now, working, like seeing, like, you know, 
Like, I guess the path of a like I, like I know like I know my goals like I know I want to beef up my YouTube I know I want to like really like start doing that I know I want to mentor more people possibly do a mentorship program um, I want to get more involved with, like with other photographers and everything like that yeah. um, I definitely want to work with more artists um, just just keep working in brand like expanding and like building my brand um, I definitely want to do some more stuff like outside of music. Like I would love to work on like a film, like or like short film or like something like that. Like I know like Marvel and like a lot of like different like film companies, like they're shooting a lot of movies out here. So it'd be cool to just go and get on set and just learn about that stuff. Maybe assist. Yeah, for sure. Take behind the scenes stills. Yo, that reminds me. Remember yesterday we were looking. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. They had the dope um, After Effects thing with the dude in the red cape standing. Justin Deluxe. Do you know this dude? Yeah, I saw him blow up over. Dude, oh. He had like thirteen thousand followers. He posted that like went viral. I think he's got like three hundred eighty now or something. Damn, like that. Like, what is it? What blew, happened? I think his name's. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. His first name is Justin. I saw crazy. that a game had posted it. Then Complex posted it. Fade. Everybody posted it. He did something. And you said you thought it was Adobe After Effects. Cinema 4D. Oh, it's, before. it's like before. a Grim Reaper on the yeah. yeah, but it's like it looks insane. Like it looks so real. Like do you ever get into any animation? Do you do any animation, Spencer? Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, that's crazy. That crazy. All Cinema 4D. Yeah. You ever do any animation like that, or you? Um, no, I've never done any animation. Um, it's like a whole different beast. It's a whole different like. What about After Effects? After Effects, yeah. Um, After Effects and Premiere Pro. Like really like uh Key Glock's Russian Cream. Mm. Um, all the snow that was in that was After mm. Effects. Mm. So like I just masked all that in. It took a while. That's really like the only video that I've done like certain like like crazy effects like on that. Mm. Now, typically with artists, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe that's unreleased. Do you have anything that's set to drop that you can talk about or anything like that? If you've been watching my Instagram, just know that me and Dolph have been filming like a lot. Yeah. yeah. We've been filming a lot. Like me, him, iconic, and Ray Ray. Isaiah and Ray Ray. Yeah. That's us, us three we've been. So where can we find you on Instagram? Shot by Spencer. Twitter, Facebook. Shot by Spencer, YouTube, Shot by Spencer. Everything shot by Spencer. That's what it is, man. Yeah. Sure. Sounds good, man. Appreciate you pulling up, man. Oh yeah, I'm glad to be glad to be here. Definitely, man. Another dope episode of Proof Grand Podcast. Signing out. That's what it is.